So an important judgment in the Constitutional Court this morning. This is a long-running case, uh, but they have handed down judgment in favour of the Democratic Alliance, which has been working its way through the courts, looking to compel the African National Congress to make make public its complete CADA deployment records dating back to the 1st of January 2013. That's when uh, now President Cyril Ramaphosa became chairman of the uh, committee responsible for making those appointments. Well, let's now get some perspective on what documents might be out there and what might they contain. Dr. Leon Schreiber is the DA uh, Shadow Minister of Public Service and Administration and joins us now on 702 Drive. Dr. Schreiber, welcome and thanks uh, very much for, for your time. How will you know when you've got what you should be getting, do you have some idea of what these records consist of? I, for example, have some recollection of uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa at the Zondo Commission saying he wasn't too sure if there were minutes. Uh, I don't know if I misremembered, but what exactly are you expecting to get? Hi, John. Good to speak to you again. So we actually have a template for, for a rough idea of some of these documents because you may recall that uh, while the Zondo Commission was sitting, uh, the DA had actually requested the Zondo Commission to use its powers of subpoena to get some of the minutes, meeting minutes, uh, from uh, the deployment committee. And um, the ANC did at that stage provide a limited set of minutes from uh, sort of middle 2021 that covered about two or three years. But then they claimed that there were no earlier records available, no earlier minutes. So we can sort of get a rough idea from those minutes what goes on at these meetings. But what is very interesting is that when you look at the very first minute that is available through the Zondo Commission, you will see that the first item on the agenda was to adopt the previous meeting minutes, which very strongly suggests that there are minutes from an earlier period. But even more importantly, uh, we didn't only ask for meeting minutes, and that's what distinguishes this particular court victory from the Zondo Commission process, because we also asked for email threads, for example, uh, where the deployment committee would instruct the minister that this is the outcome of our meeting and this is the person that we want you to appoint. We've also even asked for WhatsApp conversations. We've asked for CVs that served before the deployment committee and all other relevant documentation. So we've cast the net very wide and the court has now agreed with us that all of these records are in the public interest because cater deployment and the interference in appointment processes affect the public. So let, let's talk about then the, the fundamental premise that, that, that brought the DA to this point and why you've pursued this in the way that you, you, you have, Dr. Schreiber. It's one thing to say that the ANC's uh, deployment committee uh, got involved in the selection of, let's say, for the sake of argument, the Dir- Director General of Water and Sanitation. But surely that doesn't prove that that was done with intent to uh, either facilitate state capture or steal money. I mean, you would have to surely in the content, I mean, you may well then say uh, John Pullman was a bad uh, appointment and, and this was ably, amply demonstrated uh, by the fact that he didn't do his job very well. But it doesn't prove state capture, does it? Well, the argument that the ANC put forward in this case, as well as in our separate court application, where we've asked the High Court in Pretoria right. to declare cadre deployment unconstitutional, is that this is only these are only recommendations. These are you know this, these are meetings inside Latuli House where there's a discussion about who we want, but it doesn't go further than that. 
The critical insight from today's ruling is that the Concord would not have made available these records publicly because, as you know, the ANC is a private body unless they influenced outcomes in the public sector. And that is a very telling implication from today's ruling because it confirms that the ANC uh, has a side entry, a side door into appointment processes and where it very often then gets its way in terms of who uh, is appointed. And the legal question is not only about outcomes, although certainly we live with the consequences of corruption, you know, things like load shedding and, and taps running dry on a daily basis. The legal question is actually about what the Constitution tells us about how these appointments should be made. And there it is very clear in Section 197 that these appointments should be made in a transparent way where every candidate uh, has an equal opportunity and where the purpose of the appointment process is to identify the most skilled and merit-based uh, appointments. That is what we say is subverted through cater deployment and therefore it impacts in the poor quality of service delivery that we see. Let and it's quite telling today that the court agreed with that interpretation. Okay, but, but, but I mean, you would also agree that not every single appointment made by the DA in the Western Cape or by the city of Cape Town, uh, re- referring to one of the metros that you run, or even the city of Tswane, which has had its problems. I think you'll agree in some of the people that it's chosen to do things. Is it the DA's view that the political party that runs uh, a city, province or country should not have any say whatsoever in who should be put forward for key appointments? So the distinction that must be made is between political appointments and administrative appointments. Right. When it comes to political positions like your MECs or ministers or mayors or the president, whatever the case may be, those are obviously political, the outcomes of political processes. There's also a provision in the law that allows for a certain subset of appointments, think about spokespeople or chiefs of staff, that are political appointments and that the particular minister can make. However, it's not the DA saying this, What the Constitution tells us is that when it comes to administrative appointments, the process there must be insulated against political interference because it it lies at the heart of the separation between the party and the state. And that is what this case, and more broadly, the issue around cater deployment is about. We argue that it, it crosses into the unconstitutional when it extends political influence into the administration. So, so if, for example, um, the ANC uh, in, in a tit-for-tat decided that they wanted uh, a, an equivalent set of, of uh, administrative documents and correspondence from the DA, would it reveal that, let's pick something random in the Western Cape, the head of Westgrove, the DA had no input into the person you chose to head that all-important body. You, you had nothing to say about that at all. Well, what they would find is that there is no committee to direct their request to. There is no cater deployment committee that sits around at the DA's offices and says, we must pick this person and then we must instruct in your case, you talk about an appointment, I suppose, by the Premier, that uh, this is the person that the party wants. That's what they will not find. And that is the fundamental distinction. It's not about the particular person or, as you say earlier, that every person is bad or that every person is good under different uh, you know, circumstances. Yes. It is about are you subverting the fairness and the merit of the process through illegal interference? And that is what uh, distinguishes as your hypothetical example from what the court has now granted. But, but 
let's go back to principle before we, we get stuck in method. I mean, do you accept as a principle, you are entering now, for example, an election with a high level of optimism. You may well find yourself running institutions and arms of government and, and you know, you, you, you're confident you can win the whole thing. Uh, is, is the DA not going to have a, a, a clear and, 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 and dedicated eye on who gets put into important administrative positions, whether you call it a cater deployment committee or not? Surely your spectators would actually expect that you would discuss these things. Now, you may argue we'll do a better job of it uh, than the ANC did, but why would you call it subversion? Well, I mean, I, I do find it interesting that it is sometimes hard for people to wrap their heads around it because we've become so almost numb yes. to the idea that, that, that appointments are essentially politically made and the process is a bit of a sometimes a fig leaf. So what the DA's position on this is, and we've just recently adopted a new uh, public administration policy, right. is that we need to fundamentally reform the appointment process to achieve exactly what you are talking about. In other words, what our policy says is that the powers of appointment to the administration, again, and I just want to stress the distinction there, yes. should lie with an independent public service commission, which is the model that is used in countries even on the African continent like Kenya, for example. Mm -hmm where you have a, a, a group of independent, essentially HR experts to a large extent, who can put together selection panels and who are the ones who assess applications. Now, in the case of, for example, a director general, you, you, you talk about a government department that right. you know, the DA gets into government and now there's a vacancy for a director general. What you could have in an example like that at the moment is that the politician there appoints the director general. But what we are saying is we need the Public Service Commission to come in and arrange a selection panel. Perhaps the politician is one member yes. of the selection panel for the Director General, but the ultimate decision should not be a political one. And more than that, when it comes to any position lower, so essentially below of a, you know, of a department or a Director General, right. we are in fact saying, John, that it should be completely removed from politics and the power should be vested in a reformed Public Service Commission. Thank you very much, Dr. Leon Schreiber, DA, Shadow Minister of Public Service and Administration. I mean, this stuff is going to be top of mind uh, after the elections because there are going to be changes. The scale of the changes we absolutely do not know. Uh, but how do we choose in the best possible way with the least possible political interference, but uh, in many ways with the best outcome uh, for the public? How, how do we choose key people in the administration of our government? Give us your thoughts. 702 Drive, 21 minutes past four.